Welcome to day two of our look through 2 Corinthians 11. This is a chapter about how you and I can set relationships right, do the things that God has called us to do. Yesterday we talked about the choice to be jealous, to be jealous for what's good in our lives and what's good in a relationship. And also the need to be afraid, to be afraid of what's evil and how evil can tear our lives apart. How do you set a relationship right? You follow the example of Paul. You be jealous for the good. You be afraid of the evil. Number three, number three, be humble. Be humble. In verses 7 to 11, Paul talks about his actions towards the Corinthians. Did I do wrong when I humbled myself and honored you by preaching God's good news to you without expecting anything in return? I robbed other churches by accepting their contributions so I could serve you at no cost. And when I was with you and didn't have enough to live on, I did not ask you to help me. For the brothers who came from Macedonia brought me another gift. I've never yet asked you for any support, and I never will. As surely as the truth of Christ is in me, I will never stop boasting about this all over Greece. Why? Because I don't love you? God knows I do. In these verses, Paul talks about his humble choice to serve them without charging them. When you want to change a relationship, you got to look for humility and you got to look out for pride. And that's what these verses are all about. First, you have to look for humility. Paul had every right to ask them to support him as he served them. In fact, he believed in churches doing that, but he chose not to exercise that right. Instead, he chose to humbly serve them, even though it made it more difficult on him and on others. Now, that's the kind of spiritual leader to look for. That's the kind of spiritual leader to become, not someone who's looking to those that they serve for support, for strength, for affirmation. It's okay if people encourage you, but if you need those things so much that you can't do without them, there's no humility. Paul says, I'm not, I'm not acting out of some need for you to build me up. I'm acting out of love. He says at the end, God knows I love you. That's the kind of love that will set a relationship right. Love that's all wrapped around with this choice to be humble. Let me say it as clearly as I know how. No relationship is ever set right without someone making the humble choice. Never. Now, what usually happens when relationships are going wrong is two people go to like their neutral corners ready to fight it out. And neither one will budge an inch. Neither one will be humble. Neither one will give in because it could be embarrassing because the other person could use it because the other person could come against you. Why would you set yourself up for them to slap you one more time, slap you down one more time. If the relationship is going to be healed, someone has to make the humble choice. That's true of our relationship with God. I was out of relationship with God, out of sync with God, separated from God. And the only way that I got to be back in relationship with God, the only way any of us can be back in relationship with God is because Jesus made the humble choice. He came to earth. He became a man. That's a humble choice for God to come into human flesh. And then he allowed himself to be put on a cross, spit upon, ridiculed. He allowed himself to be humbled. Why? So that our relationship with him could be set right. If he had not humbled himself, I could not be in relationship with God. If you're going to set a relationship right, you're going to have to humble yourself. Now, does that guarantee that the relationship will be set right? Of course not. Jesus humbled himself and died on the cross, yet there are many who still ridicule him. But there are also many who have come to know him. Humility opens the door for the other person to make the right choice. 
Humility gets the barrier of pride out of the way. Now, there is a problem with this whole choice of humility. The problem is pride. (laughs) I've always loved what C.S. Lewis said about pride and humility. He said, if anyone wants to be humble, I think I can show them the first step. The first step is to admit that one is prideful. I struggle with pride. You struggle with pride. We all struggle with it. We struggle with other people's pride and how it affects us. But the amazing thing is when other people's pride affects us, it doesn't make us want to be more humble because we realize how prideful they are. It makes us want to be more prideful in return. So we have pride against pride, pride building pride. And of course it forces relationships apart. So I've got to face my own pride. I've got to face my own selfishness. I've got to make... I've got to make the humble choice. But as I make the humble choice, I have to look out for pride and the way that it can keep taking me back to the wrong place in my relationship with God and my relationship with others. Listen to what Paul says about this in verses 12 to 15. But I will continue doing this to cut the ground out from under the feet of those who boast that their work is just like ours. These people are false apostles. They have fooled you by disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. But I am not surprised. Even Satan can disguise himself as an angel of light. So it is no wonder his servants can also do it by pretending to be godly ministers. In the end, they will get every bit of punishment their wicked deeds deserve. Paul made the choice to lower himself in order to serve, in order to lift up those that he served. He's saying here, you got to watch out for those who elevate themselves and lower you who actually lower you, make you feel lower in order to elevate themselves over you as servants, in order to meet their own needs for selfish pride. Satan's lies ruin relationships. And here he comes to it again. Satan's lies ruin relationships with God and with others. We talked yesterday about Satan's lies and how they ruin relationships. And you might think, well, Satan's never lied to me. Sure he has, many, many times. We just don't recognize it when it happens. If Satan showed up in a red suit with a pitchfork and flames around him and said, here's the lie, of course you'd recognize it, but that's not how he lies. Notice what Paul says. He disguises himself. He disguises himself even as an angel, even as an angel of light. You wouldn't buy the lie if it looked bad. The reason you buy the lie is because it looks good. In fact, Satan's lies many times almost seem beautiful at first glance. His lie when it comes into a relationship is the lie that, oh, you're going to be a much better person for this, for not knowing or loving that person any longer. His lie when it comes into a relationship is they really weren't worth it anyway. Satan even lies to parents about that sometimes. Satan's lies come through the most unexpected people in ways that almost seem beautiful at first glance. There are people in your life who seemingly love you, but they're just passing along Satan's lies. Oh, don't even try. Don't even love. Don't even be humble. You don't follow the example of that advice. You follow the example of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm I saying that some of your best friends and even some of your family could be passing along lies of Satan? Of course I am, because I know I've done it, and I know you've done it. It's easy to buy into his lie. It's easy to pass it along, especially to people that we love, people we don't want to see hurt. So rather than seeing them hurt going through the solving of a relationship, we tell them, oh, just get out. It's a lie of Satan. So the question in my life, your life, is not how does this look, what I'm going through right now, or what are people going to think, or how do I feel? The question is what is God's truth? And what is God's truth leading me to do? 
And when I can get there, it gives me the power, it gives me the strength to choose humility. God's truth through God's spirit in my life gives me the power that I don't have in myself. In myself, I'm always gonna choose selfishness. But God's truth through God's spirit in my life can cause me to choose humility. It's an often difficult and often painful choice, but you will never regret it. Even if the other person does not choose to respond in the right way, you will know I did the right thing. I did the godly thing. I gave God the opportunity to work. And there will be things that unlock in your life that you cannot unlock any other way than by choosing humility. Let's take a minute to pray together. Our Father, you gave us the greatest example of humility possible in sending Jesus to die for us in what happened on the cross. But even that example is not enough for us to choose humility. We need the more that you've given us through your spirit So thank you for sending your spirit into our lives. And I pray that your spirit, the fruit of your spirit, would lead us to places in our lives of unselfishness. Even though Satan may be tempting us to be selfish, would lead us to places in our lives of humility. Even though Satan may be tempting us to be prideful, would lead us to places of trusting you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Tomorrow, tomorrow we're going to get to look at how to deal with codependency in relationships.